You are listening to the Frame Your World podcast, episode one. Hello and welcome to the Frame Your World podcast. I'm your host, Leanne McDuff, and I'm here today with a very special guest who inspires me in all that she does. Uh, whilst I may have only known Cassie um, a short while um, from the work that we do during the day, um, I'm very inspired by the life that she oozes and her creativity and her leadership and her professionalism in the way that she carries herself and all that she does. And so I'm really excited to be able to bring to you today um, such uh, an amazing first special guest to the Frame Your World podcast. I know you're going to love her and I encourage you to lean in today um, to those golden nuggets as we sit down and have a chat about all things career and mental health and life work balance. So without further ado, Cassie is a blogger at the Made in Oxford. Um, she will introduce herself shortly, so make sure you check her out. Um, she's also a communication expert, a landlady, and the founder of the Women's Network in Oxford University Press. If that's not enough, well then, just stay tuned because there's more to come. <laughs> um, I'm blushing. <laughs> welcome, Cassie, Thank to the Premium you. Podcast. Thank you very much. So today we're going to talk about what it takes to start something and we'll touch on various topics like self-worth, career and perhaps how best we could um, balance, you know, that work-life, um, that work-life balance that we talk about often in, in a demanding kind of fast-paced world. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me guys because my throat is half here, half gone, <laughs> but I'll do my best. Um, and yeah, if you want to first kick off with a bit of an introduction, Cassie, about yourself and what you're doing and where you're going and all those amazing things. Yeah, amazing. Um, okay, so thanks for having me and thanks for everyone who's listening. Um, it's my first, my first podcast, so I'm, I'm well nervous. Um, brilliant. So yeah, I'm, my name's Cassie Jane Buckley. So I've um, worked at um, OUP or Oxford University Press for just un, just over a year now. Um, so how this kind of came about I mean when you were listing it off there it sounded like the most random mix of life that um, you could probably think and it is a very random life that I lead but um, I do love every bit of it and um, it also came about in a very random way I mean if you'd asked me five years ago would I be where I am right now I would have laughed in your face like there's there's no way I saw this all coming (laughs) very very um random but very very lucky um so I mean the first thing that I've always kind of thought about and wanted to say um is that so I went to Oxford Brooks University so local girl um Oxford Brooks and I'm sorry if there's anyone listening from Brooks but it was definitely not my first choice um I actually uh it was my fifth choice <laughs> um but it's but it's it, it's great and I'll get onto that later um so I went to I went to boarding school when I was when I was younger and um anyone who's bored will know that there's a lot of it's a really strange environment to live in and to grow up in and um especially when you're doing your a-levels and you know you're working to the day you've got teachers breathing down your neck in the day and you've got teachers breathing down your neck at dinner time saying oh have you have you done this have you done that gosh so um i didn't enjoy school wasn't one of those people who can safely say oh school was the best time of my life i really really didn't enjoy it um so a-levels didn't work out the way i wanted them to 
Um, I was meant to be going to Manchester Business School and um, I think this is one of those periods in my life where, you know, which is something that I think we're all guilty of, is, you know, you put on a face and you say, everything's fine, everything's fine, I'm doing really well, I'm doing all my revision, I'm, everything's absolutely fine, you've kind of got that mask on. Um, and so my teachers thought I was fine, my parents thought I was fine, um, I was even trying to persuade myself that I was fine. Yeah. Um, and then results day came and I was definitely not okay. <laughs> I was not in a great environment, I wasn't a happy bunny, and um, my results were nothing near as to what I was predicted or expected. Um, so I actually ended up going through clearing and I was going around, you know, as you do, it's like cold calling universities begging oh, for your space and it's, um, it's a horrific experience that people who are so young actually have to go through and, you know, there's all this hype about university saying this is where, you know, you're going to, this is the start of your life, if you don't do this well your life's ruined and there's so much pressure around that and mm. um, obviously I was bloody terrified. And, you know, I mean, I would, my life would be so different had I gone to Manchester. I mean, I'm just a great city. I'm sure uni is amazing, but I li- no- nothing that I have now would have happened if, um, if I hadn't gone to Brooks. And Brooks, I'm, I, I feel sorry that it was my fifth choice. It's a great school. It's a brilliant school. The business department was amazing. So I studied international business in the end, international business management. And um, it was a lovely place, and Oxford's just beautiful, and you kind of, you get, you know, a bit of both worlds being in Brooks and having this amazing academic city to live in. Yeah. So um, I came to Brooks anyway, I did my first year here, um, which was, you know, classic freshie year. And then, so Brooks have a really, really great exchange program where you can go overseas and you do kind of an international exchange and so <laughs> being the random person that I was I asked if I could do two exchanges of six months in one year one was going to be at University Technology of Sydney right the other one was going to be the University of Kentucky wow because <laughs> I like country music <laughs> why not it's <laughs> a good reason I wanted, I wanted, I've always wanted to live like in a southern state in America because you know you're growing up with all the films and country yeah. music and yeah it so was something I wanted to do Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> yeah uh, yeah big big fan of um, big fan of KFC um, <laughs> so yeah so I ventured out and it was going to be Sydney first and I went to Sydney and I, I mean I just I loved the culture there it was um, obviously very laid back UTS again um, would be kind of an equivalent of Brooks over there that it sometimes doesn't get the best rep um, because beforehand it you know wasn't the best uni but I mean it's become one of the top unis in the country and it's very technological driven um, and it's, yeah it's a great uni so I studied there six months it was within like a month I decided that probably the best not to move to Kentucky <laughs> <laughs> to um, live out my cowgirl dream um, so I um, asked to extend my exchange for another six months so I did the first year in Sydney and then um, Brooks really kind of figured out how much of a random person I was because the amount of paperwork they had to do in <laughs> adjusting my program so not only did I decide that I was going to do a full year in Sydney after changing my mind and getting accepted to Kentucky 
I also then decided that I wanted to stay another year mm-hmm. because in the third year you're meant to do your placement. So the idea was that I'd come back to London and I'd do a year-long placement in London and then come back for my final year. Yeah. Um, didn't do that, obviously. Um, so what I decided to do was um, get a working visa in Australia, defer my final year, take out the placement module in my degree... You can see the paperwork's just building and building. <laughs> um, and I decided to work, um, get an internship at this um, women's, like it's a professional women's network out there who have like over 44,000 members. It's wow. an incredible company. It's called Business Chicks, which over here gets laughed at, but over there it's just, it's a completely... The coolest It's thing. such a cool brand. Yeah. And they have these amazing events with... Um, you know, they had uh, Kate Hudson came over, you know, Nicole Kidman's been there and they do these networking events and um, these huge kind of summits. And it's just, it's like girl power in a company. It's wow. incredible. Um, and that sounds amazing. It is. It was really, really cool. And um, the kind of the conversation about women in the workplace uh, has always kind of been there for me. Like my mum... My mum was amazing. She was superwoman at her finest. Like she had a full-time job and she raised two crazy girls and she just she smashed it. And so I think from an early age I always saw like the power that women could have at work and um, kind of the tools that they needed in order to get stuff done and like seeing someone else go through that from an early age you get a huge appreciation for kind of what women yeah. especially single working women have to go through that's amazing yeah she smashed it um so when i then went to this company i was just like oh this is what i meant to do so um it was very much kind of in my blood i was with them for a year or just under a year and like the founder's amazing just all of their whole story is just so inspiring and um, it was brilliant, best experience I could have. Um, and then really couldn't stay in Sydney much longer. <laughs> um, two years is too long to be away from home. So then I had to come back and do my final year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wasn't going to kind of drop this whole inspiring thing. Um, so when I came back in my final year at Brooks, I decided to set up a women in business society um, at Brooks because every university in Australia had one and they had these amazing sponsors and these great connections and I know Oxford University have one but Brooks didn't so I said that in my final year which is still going which is really really cool wow what an achievement Um, yeah no it was it was nice it was it was really cool and everyone's really up for it and I think that's kind of when I first saw like a there is actually a demand for this kind of empowerment piece Mm -hmm. especially in places that it isn't there like obviously in Australia yeah. I saw yeah they've got 44,000 members like they they're done they're sorted but I didn't realize how much of a demand there actually is if yeah. they don't have it already so um that really kind of sparked my um I guess kind of leadership in that area um and then yeah so then sorry this is only the first question I feel like I've been talking for ages no there's so much and that's great it's really helpful um so <laughs> Yeah, so do my final year at Brooks, and then eventually I come to OUP to start a, a proper job, um, and it was my, f- I'm still trying to think up of like an inspiring story as to how women net- Women's Network actually started, but um, again, it was just the biggest accident. It was, um, 
I had um, a team meeting, so I work in um, a communications team, and it was the first time I was really properly meeting my team. And we all had to go around the room and pitch an idea that, like a cool um, activity or something we can do that will tick off a lot of organisational goals. And here at OUP, it's brilliant because they have a huge focus on diversity and inclusion. And obviously, just coming back from business jokes, just coming back from setting up a women's uh, society, um, conversation was very much there for me. And although I was really nervous meeting my new team and it was going alphabetically, so I was first up to talk, <laughs> um, I really kind of just said it. So I had something to say to kind of like just be like, oh, I'm not just a shy newbie. So I said, oh, you're like, yeah, you should just set up a women's network. And, what I thought was going to be kind of like a, you know, a monthly lunch where people could just, you know, come chill and talk, talk to each other and network. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we want to make this global and uh, we want to give you funding to do it. And so it was incredible. I've just each time like I, I've come back with ideas, I've just been pushed and pushed to do more. And it's something that they really, really wanted to happen. That's amazing. Um, and so now we've got um, branches in over five continents. Wow. So we've got branches in New York, Brazil, India, Australia, Pakistan, and we're working on Canada and South Africa at the minute. So wow. um, that's just been an under <laughs> <laughs> It's been a roller coaster. You are the right guest for work life balance. <laughs> well, yeah, work life balance is a funny one. We'll get onto that later. <laughs> yes. um, also, in the midst of all of this, um, I became a landlady of, of a pub, or two pubs actually, um, which again is the biggest accident. Um, uh, just briefly, I mean, when I was in my freshman year, I told you in my first year at Brooks, mm-hmm. um, I started working at this pub, which I just instantly fell in love with. It was an Irish pub. I've got Irish heritage. It was very much the place for me. I knew it instantly. And I worked there for a year. And when I came back in my final year, I actually kind of managed it for a little bit. Um, the old owners were struggling. And so I kind of took on the role of managing the pub whilst doing my final year and the society. <laughs> So, um, yeah, they, uh, it's a pub I loved a lot. Um, it's always been very special to me. I've always thought, you know, coming straight out of boarding school when you're very, very sheltered, and I came straight from boarding school to the half moon is what it's called, and they couldn't be two more extremes. And I would say that a lot of my growing up and becoming who I am mm-hmm. happened in there with those groups of people, right. and it was um, a really eye-opening experience that's really kind of forge me and how I am with people and yeah. um, kind of what I want from myself and um, so <laughs> old owners of the moon um, lost oh, they, they, they ended up selling a lease for it and a new owner came in who um, who enlisted me he asked for my help to kind of bring the half moon back to kind of the glory that it was because it mm-hmm. had been run down and um, that man is now my future husband. <laughs> oh, I love a love story. <laughs> you have to come um, back for that one. <laughs> so that's, that's amazing. Then how I eventually kind of went through that, helping him with that, and um, he asked me to be his landlady. And so now we got that one, and we've taken on a pub just down the road as well. So uh, that's kind of how that. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> You could not like that should be a novel. <laughs> that it's a funny novel. one. But yeah, like I said, everything sorry, I know this is the only first question. We'll yeah. definitely be sure to the other ones, but everything has been so random and accidental. Oh, and you just 
you just have to roll with it and just kind of with every situation I mean like I said you know going through clearing and thinking oh my god my life has ended like nothing is going to happen for mm-hmm. me I'm not going to amount to anything like it's just bollocks you just need to take every situation just own it and be like right okay what's the best I can make from this and as long yeah. as you've got a mindset to make it work yeah. and you've got the energy and the determination to make it work your life will go in a completely different direction that you can't imagine it being any different it's so true and I think it's incredible I hope that you're listening and listening good because I think there's a lot to be learned from what you just <laughs> said and that is only question one so excited for the rest <laughs> I'm um, so sorry no, <laughs> I love it um, I th- it's, it's so true but one of the things that really stuck out to me but um, just from listening to, to your story is that you were you may not have always felt like it, but you were getting ready. You were getting prepared. You were prepared because yeah. when those opp- opportunities came, you were able to take them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easy to miss them when yeah. we're not prepared. When we're focused on, you know, uh, caught up in things that are perhaps it's not important. Not important. Yeah. Um. So I think it's there's some there's a lot to be taken from what you just yeah. said. But and be also prepared. Just, yeah, just not taking the route that everyone says you have to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you know. You, I'm very much a believer. It sounds like cringy as hell, but like you are in charge of your own destiny. Like it, it's such a kind of process line of a life that we're kind of given. Like Mm -hmm. go to school, go to uni, get your first time job, and then just work to probably you're seventy now, and then just that's what life is, and it's that's just not at all. You can definitely do what you want to do. You just need to make it happen. It's. I'm so excited. I'm inspired by what you've said, so it's great. Um, so, I guess, I mean, you've highlighted um, in, in what you've just said, but I was kind of thinking about going into some of the key challenges yeah. that you've um, faced in your career and how you've overcome them. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure that I'm sure there will be areas that you've had to unpack yourself and, and to kind of mm-hmm. move you forward into those, those options. I mean, there's, there's a number of things. Um, I mean, the first thing that I kind of always comes to my mind when I'm talking about this is, um, is like your boundaries. So, you know, when I, when I come into a new opportunity or when I've taken hold of something that I think I'm just, you know, really lucky to have gotten, um, I kind of go in overdrive and like want to sell my soul to this opportunity and be like, yes, I can do everything. Like I can do this, I'll do this for you, I'll do this, I'll do this. And just trying to in a way to make the most out of the opportunity but you're going way overboard like I do it so much like when I first came to OUP and I saw there was amazing diversity and inclusion activities going on Uh I was just like yeah I'll help with that I'll help I'll help yeah I'll do this I'll do this I'll do this um and then I just came to a massive burnout um and burnout is such a thing for people and it's you know obviously setting is you know learning how to say no to people if people ask you to do stuff is a big one like if it's not in your remit like you do have justification if you don't have the capacity you can say sorry can't work on this yeah but also setting boundaries for yourself mm-hmm. and like keeping yourself sometimes on the leash if it's too much and just being like okay Cass, you need to slow down now <laughs> so that's something that i've learned very recently um i think we're also you know listing off um kind of the background story of how i got here um, it all sounds well and good just like yeah I decided I was going to go to Sydney then I said no actually I'm not going to go to Kentucky and you know there's when you kind of looking retrospectively 
you think, ah, like that's, that's so cool. And I've done that. That's, and you know, it, I just did it and it happened, but it's like, no, it was a lot of agonizing, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of, you know, what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? Like, like my dad like was just obviously against everything that I did because he just thought that's probably the best idea. Um, and I was like, yeah, he's probably right, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> but it's all worked out. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of when you're in the midst of these big changing decisions, obviously thinking everything through properly, which yeah. I didn't always do. Like, I was definitely lucky. But um, also, you know, owning the moment that you're in of this kind of agonizing and making sure it's constructive and thinking like not just beating yourself up and saying no to stuff because you don't think you can do it yeah it's whether do I need to do it or do I want to do it is this going to be the best for me and um kind of focusing on that and kind of the path will just come out in front of you so So. good I have um, a print um that I sell through Frame Your World and the quote on it is sometimes life is about risking everything for a dream no one can see but you and I find that to be so true just like you said you can have the closest people in your world who have the best intentions who you love dearly but sometimes there's just that thing that you have you know burning in yourself and your heart to do and others around you won't understand yeah. it because they don't see what you yeah, see absolutely and I think that's the risk yeah. you know factor in, in doing something but nothing worth gained was gained without yeah. some element of risk involved absolutely and it's also being honest with yourself and mm-hmm. you know there's times when you know people have said oh, are you sure that's the best idea and I'm like yeah I know it's the best idea because I've thought about it endlessly and yeah. I'm obsessed with thinking about this idea and I know that it's going to work whether then like oh yeah I just feel like doing it I'm just going to do it just because you're saying no. It's, you know, being honest with yourself and being realistic and having a backup plan is always handy. Yeah. Again, this is all retrospectively. Like, my life could have been so much easier if I did this now. Um, and again, I got very lucky. But, um, yeah, it's being honest with yourself in all things, really. 100%. Self-awareness. Yes. Massive on self-awareness. I think I'll do something in the future with that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah come back um what advice would you give to um to perhaps your younger self (laughs) (laughs) um perhaps some of our you know listeners who are kind of um, starting out on their journey Mm -hmm. you know what um who are either at the beginning of their career or thinking about their next move and progression Mm -hmm. um do you have any advice you would give i think it's kind of stuff that um has kind of been touched on already so one not always looking at the conventional route mm-hmm. conventional route is boring yeah <laughs> um and you won't be completely satisfied unless you're doing something that is for you uh-huh. and not for you know your parents or your teachers or society in general like, yeah it is okay to think outside the box and you will go insane if you don't um you need to do something for you um also you know like I said, being honest with yourself and being realistic in what you can achieve, but also not overthinking. Like, it's such a fine line. Not overthinking that, oh, no, I can't do that. Uh-huh. And it's, you can't think of a reason why. You just think, oh, I can't do that. And I'm like, well, why can't you do that? And it's being honest with yourself and saying, actually, you, you can do that. You're yeah. just a little bit scared to, which is fine. You need to be scared in order to properly plan and think about things properly. 
So if you were just on a whim and just being like, yeah, I'll do this, and it just falls flat on your face, like... It's true. I mean, I, I always remember there's a, a quote that one of my favourite communicators says, and they say, um, I don't know if she wrote it, but she says, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It comes back. It yeah. doesn't stop me from feeling the fear, though, because yeah. I'm regularly. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's also kind of unpicking that fear. And like you go, like you said, it's always going back to self-awareness. Yeah. Like, why am I scared? Um, you know, it's, it's just being scared is a way of just thinking through things yeah um but yeah um also kind of this ties in with the boundary thing you know do say yes to everything that you can Mm -hmm. um but make sure it's sustainable and make sure you're regularly checking in with yourself your energy your capacity yeah and if you give yourself if you give yourself an, an absolute line that you won't cross that you know you can't take on too much more if it's gonna burn you out but absolutely fill yourself to the brim yeah. until you get to that line. With as much experience, diversity in your experience, yeah. not just doing the same thing, um, and just say yes to every opportunity that comes up because the people that you meet from opportunities, the you know, stories that you hear, the personalities you meet and the connections you make, and so your own personal life experience and learnings from them, yeah. it's like you can't put a price on that at all. So completely fill your bucket until you can't fill it anymore <laughs> i love that fill your bucket <laughs> um and to on to um my next question um from working in communications which is where we the day job to, yeah the day <laughs> job um and now you know being in social media and content roles for 80 eight, eight years um, it can bring so much challenge to younger girls, I find, with social media in particular, comparing themselves um, you know, to someone else's Instagram feed, seeking validation from others. Um, I find that um, even in my workplace at times, and have had to have conversations with people to try and encourage them. Because um, we encourage, I just think we encourage each other, each other and it's part of being a, part of a team mm-hmm. and a, a, um, a global organisation. Um, but by learning how to fake, and there's this, sorry, I'm kind of uh, veering off here, but there seems to be this thing about, you know, learning to fake it before you make it. Mm-hmm. And in one respect, I did believe that. I now kind of question that for a few reasons, but I just wondered, encompassing the, the challenges we have around social media, communication, comparing ourselves and um, and, 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 and being, um, seeing ourselves as competition. Mm-hmm. What tips do you have for maintaining your own unique path and being confident in who you are and achieving your career and goals in life? Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, Leanne, like, social media is an absolute disaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's such a necessary evil. And I'm saying that even though we both work in social media. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, I, you know, there's different phases that people go through in their kind of social media journey. And I think I've gone through every phase at least five times. <laughs> like, it's such a, oh, it's it can be so toxic, um, but it can be so inspiring. Yeah. Totally. Um, and I think that's kind of up to the individual to separate from that. So, I mean, the whole concept of fake it till you make it, um, I do like the kind of logic behind that. I mean, there is there is a nugget of mm-hmm. logic behind that. Like, obviously, there's this whole thing about imposter syndrome. Um, you know, if you're 
like applying it productively yeah it can be a really useful tool you know you're doing something that you're completely out of your depth and you just kind of need to buy some time to figure out what you're doing and then eventually you do figure out what you're doing yeah or you don't realize it that you are but you actually are does that make sense and um you know you get really meaningful learning from that so i get it in that sense you know buying you know a gucci belt and trying some new like beauty trend and you know trying to blog about it on your instagram i mean i've absolutely been guilty of that everybody i know i'm i'm a market i'm a social media's team dream like <laughs> i am the p- exact person like if there's something that I know, I know, and I know the worst thing is, I know the mechanics behind it. I know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm falling for it anyway. I know that if I get a pushed ad about a new face mask that's <laughs> going to make me look like an influencer, I'm like, yeah, give it to me. I'm, I'm ready for it. Make me, make me perfect. <laughs> and, you know, again, those are the different phases that you go through. You go through, you know, sucking it all up. Um, comparing yourself, the negativity, um, and just it can re- its so toxic yeah. in that area. And I've been—I've been there so many times. And you definitely do get absolutely crashed. Like for me, it's definitely body body influencing. Um, like I know that I'm somewhat healthy, and even so, you know, if I see someone there who has the waist of like a 10 centimeter ruler and like this amazing bum and like great perky boobs and stuff I'm just like okay like <laughs> why not me <laughs> and you know I'll then do a week of just belly eating and you know going and killing myself in the gym and stuff like that and it's just like it's all wrong like that's not and that's not what you're meant to do um, and then you go through this phase of kind of thinking, oh, like, that's just not right. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, um, you're not exactly kind of loving yourself yet, but you're kind of noticing that there's a problem. And you'll be like, okay, well, those images are clearly edited. I mean, I had a, I had a brilliant friend who actually showed me what an edited picture, like getting, getting a normal picture of someone and editing it. So it was like a perfect influencer photo. And from seeing that, and I suggest there has to be like YouTube videos online or something like do your research about these pictures because they're not real at all. And I really kind of respect influencers who come out and say, well, no, this isn't real. Um, I think it's Chessie King or Chrissy King. Is it Chrissy King? I think I've seen. Yeah. She's amazing. That one. Um, she's uh, she's gone through this kind of journey herself. Like she, I think she um, used to do kind of body modelling, but like bodybuilding modelling. You know, when they go and have the crazy orange self tan, yeah. Um, and they go out and like they get as muscular as they possibly can, and they do like body shows. So she used to do that, and she just like hated life obviously and I think she went through a really kind of tough time with that and now she's kind of a body positive influencer and she's really funny and she's just beautiful and she's got great Instagram so it's like finding people like that is you know Instagram is a personal thing it's your content that you're choosing to see yeah so make the content something that you actually want to see and something that's not going to make you feel shit about yourself yeah (laughs) 
don't know if this is a swear <laughs> um and so yeah it can be a great source of inspiration like my wardrobe has completely been like taken from pinterest <laughs> um it's amazing. i love it but it's so many <laughs> exactly my pinterest boards are endless um and it's good for inspiration but it's not good for comparison and also in terms of like feeling confident with who you are i think you know it's such a tough one because i mean i think part of it comes from finding ways to take confidence from other areas of your life not Uh necessarily your your looks Mm -hmm. um you know if you're working on a really cool project or something outside of work or something that really you can fuel your passion into and get so obsessed with rather than being like obsessed with your body if that makes sense yeah and then kind of the accomplishments and the learnings and everything you get from that are what boosts your confidence not whether you get 50 likes on a instagram post because you've done a funny angle that you know (laughs) tucks your bum in or something so um yeah it's 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 such a minefield but i think there is definitely a way we can use it properly and you can use it to inspire yourself um rather than you know keeping it toxic and so true it's so good yeah i i I, am I think I've been guilty of, you know, looking at the likes before <clears throat> and even, you know, being a social media manager mm-hmm. for a number of years. I feel that in some ways I'm, I'm kind of lucky because I get to see more um, of the dangers and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm more aware of it. doesn't mean that I don't become, um, I can't fall into the trap, mm-hmm. but I think it's definitely something I'm more mindful of. Um, I remember um, the kind of concerns, I mean, back when I was at uni studying yeah. uh, journalism and communication and they were talking about this was probably 2007 so it was quite a while ago yeah but they were talking about how we'll all become digital and they foresee that you know some of the problems and the challenges of being so glued to the digital devices um, yeah. in terms of our mental health and oh that's another you know, thing digital detox like I you know <laughs> it's so yeah. funny because I always think of okay if I'm about to do a digital detox I just need to call my mum tell her that I'm not dying <laughs> and make stuff. sure Johnny um my fiance knows that I'm not going to be in touch or I'll be at home anyway and he'll be back in the next room so it's just you know I, I'll turn my phone off like an hour before bed don't charge it by your bed I've been so guilty of this but not only is I'm sure it's pretty rubbish for your health but also you don't want Instagram to be the first thing you check in the morning yeah um and so yeah do digital downtime and also i'll go weekends without looking at my phone as well which is it's tough because you're just like oh i wonder what's happening in the world and you know there's always that kind of it's it's such like because also with the world we live in it's such a toss-up of you know i would say okay kids shouldn't have phones until they're 13 and I'm like, but there's 11 year olds who take the school bus home and it's a really weird world out there now <laughs> and you need to be able to get in touch with them. So it's yeah. like, it's such a minefield, but I think it's down to ourselves as adults, parents especially, and businesses and especially influencers mm-hmm. of actually creating a world where we can be inspired rather than depressed. <laughs> totally. A hundred percent. It's important. Yeah. I'm working at getting better. And it's good because if you've got a Mac, um, an iPhone, you have um, a kind of screen recording yeah, time that can that tell you. Yeah, that scares me. That <laughs> scares me. Yeah. Uh, one final point. Don't take any flat belly tea or whatever it is. Oh. I didn't. I didn't, but 
it's just it's, that's like a thing at the minute taking tea that makes your belly fat and it's just it's like what all the Kardashians are like advertising and stuff and just don't feed into that I'm not that bad <laughs> as a social media dream I think customer. it's such an important conversation that we're having and I think there's so much more also to be said and kind of support and just around those who do have platforms that are influencing yeah. those people and just what that entails not just for them most mm-hmm. Um, very you know vitally for themselves and their mental health but also for those who are following mm-hmm. um but yeah that's in an ideal world I, I imagine but um thank you so much cassie for your <laughs> wisdom today it's been a delight <laughs> um i'm sure i'll be uh sending you regular quests like came back to <laughs> share your thoughts and information on all different things but um what i would love to just you know lay out a couple of places where you think people can connect with you best yeah um so on instagram i mean i've got a personal talking about instagram um i've got a personal account and i've also got um a blogging account so my blog made in oxford it's m-a-i-d because it's meant to be a pun um (laughs) it's uh made in oxford is kind of whilst i was doing all of this women's network stuff i was getting a very fast crash course into kind of joining the world of work and um you know developing relationships and working out you know business politics and things like that so that's kind of a main Knoxford is kind of a early careers focused um blog for um working women so you can have a look on there I'm trying to post more at the minute I'm doing like a post every two weeks um I'm trying to find time to um to post more but bear with me I'm quite frequent on Instagram on that one and then my personal is cje buckley um and then yeah so the blog is actually madeinoxford.co.uk and there's also a facebook page but i don't know if people actually use facebook pages for blogs anymore um but it's there (laughs) i will will link to some of the key places as well and across social media yeah cool and um we'll be i'm personally looking at a few in the coming year i'll be looking to um do hopefully some external events um focused on um soft skills for women in the workplace um they will be based in oxford um so if you're in oxford keep an eye out um hopefully i'll get to meet a few more people for those and we can yeah just come chill share and inspire each other i can't wait i'm coming (laughs) i'm here brilliant um and i will speak to you again soon thanks guys for listening thanks have a great day i hope you enjoyed today's podcast I know I did. I had so much fun making it and I will be back next Monday with another episode. So make sure you like, share and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. Until Until next time, time, make sure you frame your words so you can frame your world.